Hello, and welcome to All Fighters Follow Me, a Star Wars Armada podcast, as well as a proud member of the Armchair Adventures podcast series. I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. On this week's episode, we have a double aftermath. That's right. We did two tournaments in one weekend from August 10th and 11th. 10th and 11th. So we had... On the sun- Saturday of the 10th, we had a standard 400-point format uh, run by Ian. At Fantasy Flights Game Center. Yep. And it was kind of the first event to have people play their Superstar Destroyers. We just wanted to get a big game out, or the, the big ships out, and start playing with those. Um, Faith, do you want to start? Well, I didn't do too well. I ended up coming second to last, so I did a little bit better in MOV. I do not have my own Superstar Destroyer, so I tried to come up with a list that I thought would take down a Superstar Destroyer. It was an Akbar list with a MiG-80, an Assault Frigate, and a Scout MiG-30, and flotillas. So I kind of had almost every size of fish and no squadrons. I was trying to go for pure firepower, just loading up on torpedoes, rerolls. But somehow I ended up getting paired with every single person who didn't bring a Superstar Destroyer and did bring squadrons. Yeah. I got eaten up kind of definitely stressed the importance of having at least some small squadron contingency contingent. That's usually what I do. I tried to max out my firepower. And activations. And activations, but in the end, it didn't do too well, but I did have fun. That's the important part. Yeah, and I was, I remember we were discussing earlier, and I rarely advise to not bring squadrons. And when I was thinking about what people were going to bring to the tournament, I was like, nobody's going to bring squadrons. There's going to be Super Star Destroyers flacking them all to death. And then... I know. I was looking at the Super Star Destroyer and seeing all of the kind of anti-squadron capabilities that it had. And I thought, well, any squadrons I bring are just going to get eaten up. Yeah. But I didn't end up facing that. I feel bad because I actually... I'll have to try that list again sometime against an actual Superstar Destroyer. I named it Wiggity Whack Akbar Attack. Sounds about right. And I thought it was a fun list. Yeah. It might have also been that you came in with a list that you hadn't really practiced before. It is important to practice with a list before. Yeah, so you at least know a little bit of its its flexibility. I went... I, on the other hand, went in with a... uh, I did bring our, my Superstar Destroyer, and I ran with an Annihilator Assault Prototype build that was just all focused down on dealing as much damage to a single target as possible. I took Intel Officer, I took H9s, I took Quad Battery Turrets, and Heavy Ion Emplacements, and a couple different officers, and I just went all in on damage output. I played two games against other Superstar Destroyers, and I played one game against dual ISD. Um, yeah, that was my first round against Andy, which I lost. And then second round, I played against Nick's Superstar Destroyer. He had a similar build to mine, uh, but I ended up getting first player. 
And then third round, I actually got to beat play against Ian, and he had this really, really durable interdictor uh, star dreadnought pairing, but he got his interdictor up too fast and entrenched my super star destroyer. So I hot diced that thing straight off the board. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not. You don't usually see an interdictor take nine or sorry, what was it? Six hull damage from long range on the opening shot of the game. And then... Brutal. Yeah, and then his he had a command prototype super. So my assault prototype, once the interdictor was out of the game, um, had an advantage in that. So I ended up taking second after Andy, who took first. Um, so proud. <laughs> I was very happy with how it, how it went, and I'm very... I've really been enjoying my Annihilator build. Or sorry, not Annihilator, Ravager. Go back and... Yeah, I was running Ravager, because then I could throw five red, three blue against an enemy ship that was faster than I was at long range on my front. And then the closer they got, the more dice I started throwing. Um, so how did you feel about the flying of the ship? Because it's got one speed and no yaw. It can go two speed, but it, it has no yaw. Um, it can go two speed? Yeah. it only had one. No, it, it has speed two. Uh, I never went over speed one. I could have, but I didn't. I did also take Jairdrod so I could turn, but I didn't use them much. I kind of set up my super in a way that I could drift forward and just kind of run my guns alongside them. One thing that I found super interesting in this is the Super Star Destroyer. You have this big front arc, and you get a couple shots on it, and if you're lucky, you can sometimes you know trap something there. But then you kind of just keep on flying and shooting the, them out your sides as you go by, and since you have the side arcs, and then the auxiliary arcs, and your side arcs are, like, the size of a large ship, and so are your auxiliary arcs. There's just these massive spaces that cover a ton of area. Um, I did get a couple instances where I actually got a double arc out my side into an enemy ship, mm -hmm. so I had my side arc auxiliary arc, with, again, like, with all those upgrades, I was throwing so many dice with Ravager and that uh, even when I played Andy's double ISD where he flanked entirely around my front, I got to double arc one of his ISDs uh, out my side in our auxiliary and took that down and had a couple poor shots against his other one. It was... It could have been a closer game. But yeah, I ended up uh, doing a lot of damage. Against another Super Star Destroyer, my my Super is currently 4-0. and um, I need to play it against some other ones, so maybe we can get a game in, in with against your Akbar fleet, and you can Ooh, see how that goes. try that out. Now, did you see anybody do any kind of interesting upgrades that you hadn't thought of um, on their Superstar Destroyer? Ian's was a little light on upgrades, which surprised me, but then again, he also had crammed in a full projection expert targeting scramblers interdictor. Oh, he had a bunch of token juggling. He had Executor, um. and then he had... Uh, I believe Commandant Teresco on his Star Dreadnought, and then he had Wolfie Lauren on his Interdictor, and so he was going and his uh, his super could rack up like three or four to tokens a turn, nice. which was interesting. But I'm not convinced it was good. But he was having a blast with it until I had a blast with mine. Oofda. Well, you also had 
two transports. Yeah, I had, a, could... I had a comms net and a repair crew. Do you feel um, like those were useful? And, at I, least with activation? And... The activations were very helpful. The comms net was really handy. The repair crew, I think I only got off two times in three games. Mm-hmm. So, not super helpful, but it I could see it when figuring out how to use it properly, it being very uh, very useful. I did get a couple clutch damage cards off that kept me from uh, keeping my Star Destroyer too damaged. Mm-hmm. And then the second tournament... Yes! You vaped my battle... my spaceship! Yep. So... <laughs> Faith and I, I think you came up with the original idea, and then I worked out the The actual rules rules for it. We were brainstorming ideas for a fun, small format, 200-point tournament, just kind of a casual thing, and one of the fun things to do within your own meta is create your own kind of fun objectives for little casual tournaments, and we were brainstorming ideas, and I said, well, what if we did something like Battleship? where you couldn't see their board. Yeah. And, or Stratego. And waited until the last minute to reveal their side of the board and see what you're dealing with. Yeah, so what what we ended up working with is I arranged the event, and then I went and got a bunch of foam core boards and some really big, chunky binder clips. And the binder clips were enough that they could keep the foam core vertical, and so we put the foam core in the dead center of the board, blocking off each player. Um, the They started calling it the Veil of Ignorance, which I thought was really hilarious. Uh, I got a kick out of that. And then each player could deploy anywhere on their half of that board. And then once deployment was done, you removed the board and got to see where the other person was. Oh, we did put down obstacles yeah. before putting down the Veil of Ignorance. That's right. And we only did asteroids, yeah, no only debris three field asteroids, or station. Is, yeah, with with how close things were going to be, I think the stations and the debris fields, we could try it with that. Um, but I think for the first run it was plenty just to have the three asteroids. That was a lot of fun because when you kind of lifted up the screen, and you could always hear at each table the, the gasp of, Oh, you're there! Oh no, I have... I went, I turned the wrong way! Yeah. How am I going to get to you? I, for my list, I did a MiG-30 and a MiG-30 Scout Frigate admonition and two TRC-90s, or the CR-90s with TRCs. I tried to keep it, and I didn't do any squadrons again. This was a no-squad weekend for me, but... I managed to do mildly well. I came in around the middle of the Mm -hmm. pack, and when I was thinking about this objective, I wanted to have maneuverability, and I wanted to try to squeeze in as many activations as I could within 200 points. But still be able to attack with those activations, I think. Yes, and still be able to attack. I wanted to be able to just kind of quick lay in as much damage as I could and get out. And then, depending on also where they placed on the board, be able to get to them. Yeah. I think the the range on your CR-90s did, as well as the Scout Frigate, um, 
I think lets you really stay in the game against a lot of opponents, where some people took mostly black dice, mm -hmm. and you had a good amount of black dice, but you also had at least as much red, so you're throwing a lot of long-range fire out there. Um, mm -hmm. I kept external racks on the MiG-30 to make sure that once they did get in close, I could wreck them. And I did. I actually did get some pretty nasty damage in one-shots. Yeah, I know. I remember you, what is it, double-tapping a Victory Star Destroyer just off the board? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, and one thing for, for context for that, uh, we do see some Victory Star Destroyers up here in the cities. However, in a small format, we've found that it's usually best for the, the health of the options to ban large ships and huge ships in that format. Oh, yeah. So we didn't have anyone running, like, a gunnery team, Psymoon, something or other with, like, Vader and just blowing everything off the board at long range without even having to try. Now, also with this tournament, we had an extra a victory point objective, as well as the Veil of Ignorance. Yeah. Where it was, yeah, if, uh, for second player, if you had a a ship where there were enemy ships within medium range of you, you got a victory token. And for first player, if you for each ship, I should say, for each ship as first player you had that had an enemy ship at close range, you got a victory token. Mm -hmm. So second player could stay at a little bit of an arm's length and be firing and getting victory token. Uh, first player, if they wanted that victory token, they needed to get really close in. It was only five points, but m most games everyone had, like, somewhere between three and six of them, I want to say, by the end. Um, yeah, it kind of helped. With three ships, I could get three tokens for having each of them yeah. within specified range um, of at least one ship. That actually made things kind of interesting. There was a little bit of confusion at the beginning. Um, yeah, I forgot how I had worded it when I posted it, so some <laughs> people had read the thread... And I hadn't refreshed myself the, the day of, um, since I was only running, I wasn't playing. Uh, though I do want to give that a try sometime, but yeah, so I might, uh... We still have the form? The, I was going to say, I think I'll throw those up in the um, show notes, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll post the rules for that tournament in case you want to try this out with your own community. It was a lot of fun, and I posted some a photo of one of the setups on the Instagram, and I had right. a lot of people asking about the rules. Oh, yeah, okay, so we'll make sure we definitely get it up there. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it's one that, you know, we put a lot of time working on, and I hope it catches on. If, you, if you're if you listening in, please give it a try and let us know what you think. Um, I'm super excited about it in general, and hope to put together a couple of other alternate formats in the future. Holonet News, they had uh, German Nationals was this weekend, and friend of the podcast and former Twin Cities Armada player, Luke Wenin, who just moved to Germany, got to play in that. Ooh! How'd uh, Luke do? He, he made a, a poor showing for the Twin Cities meta in Germany. However, Aww. Germany being home to the current world's champion, it's looks like it's a pretty heavy-duty meta over there, so... Oh, yeah. Something about, you know, moving to another country, not giving you much time to play with your toy spaceships, we'll give them a pass. But next time, <laughs> Luke, uh, when you listen to this, 
Uh, we expect better. Yeah, Luke. And we miss you. We believe in you. <laughs> but, you know, so that that was going on. A lot of people are, are working on some uh, list dissection. Um, I know, oh, speaking of Gen Con, I know the Cannot Get Your Ship Out guys have done some deep uh, data analysis of the Gen Con lists. So if you're interested in seeing some list breakdowns and like what was there, what wasn't, uh, head over to Cannot Get Your Ship Out and check them out. This would probably also be a good time to plug the uh, Can I Get Your Ship Out charity event happening on November 9th that we're going to. So you can look them up on their Can I Get Your Ship Out blog and they'll have the information there. Otherwise, on September 8th, Ian is running his next fleet exercise, which is titled Concentrate All Learning on That Super Star Destroyer. It's fleet exercises <laughs> for a new ship. Um, so anyone in the Twin Cities area that wants to get a little practice playing with or against a Super Star Destroyer, get a feel for the ship a little more, work through some ideas, um, they can uh, feel free to join us. It's going to be noon to 6 p.m. at Fantasy Flight Game Centers in Roseville, Minnesota. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. It's been a little short and sweet episode. and We are looking forward to trying out new things. I think I need to get my hands on the Super Star Destroyer and try it for myself. Yeah, you sh I was just about to say you should give that thing a fly. It's really fun. Very different feel. But I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. May the Force be with you.